0: I know what it is y'all ready turn it up one two three unscripted unshackled uncouth what you're about to hear is for mature ears only it's Miguel and holly uncensored from hot 101.5 rolling stones of the game, not bragging. look bigger than jagger not
1: sagging
2: Sproul it backwards i'ma leave it at that Heroes, take of the oh, oh. The oh. the is police Miguel police and Holly Uncensored. I always have to get used to, fight to, fight to, to, to the, the Dove if studio. Let's see. It's a little wonky. My name is Miguel Fuller. That over there is my partner in crime, and we're almost celebrating... 10 years of working together.
1: Oh, aren't we though? We've already did. No, we haven't.
2: We haven't. I thought we did, but we haven't.
1: How do you know what day it was? Holly O'Connor.
2: Because of my Facebook memories. Because I looked yesterday and it said on my Facebook 10 years ago, Moving to Florida in three weeks.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, really? It was yeah. closer to August?
2: Yeah, it was at the end of July. Yeah. I did. I, I For some reason, I thought July 11th, but then I think I was mixing up with February 11th when I started with Mandy back in Panama City.
1: I thought um, it was earlier too. I thought it was like just after the 4th of July.
2: No, it wasn't because I remember doing the diamond dig in uh, Savannah. Um, I was hmm. there for that at the very end. But uh, it was sometime at the end of July. So it's coming up in two weeks that we're. Oh. That we're celebrating our 10 years together. Wow, okay. So that's Holly O'Connor. This is producer Ryan Uh, And this is also associate producer Scott Talvin. Hello. Talvin. Talvin. What did I say? You
1: got dyslexic and you said Talvin. It
0: happens literally every time. (laughs) It's fine. It's Talvin.
2: I've never said your name incorrectly
0: before. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: it's the
2: first time. It's okay. It's okay. That's a lot of things. Also known as
1: the ass- Producer, associate. <laughs> so oh,
3: wow,
2: that's,
1: that's a new one. Thank you, you. The ass producer. Actually,
3: his name is Fridge Boy. No, yeah. that
0: is yeah. Fridge Boy, what's I a, that from? I guess from what was it? It's barbecue? from ninety
3: seven X Barbecue. Uh, we posted your pic, or you posted a picture while you were out at a promo event, oh, and somebody yeah. commented, commented, "It's Fridge Boy." Yeah. we love Fridge Boy because were you were—he he was passing out. Um, he was passing out drinks in between so- uh, bands. On the 97X barbecue stage and mm. tossing
2: them into the uh, crowd.
0: Yeah, I'd push out the huge fridge out on stage one, yeah, two, three, tape and one, two, three, and start tossing
2: them out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm famous for a fridge. I really love how radio and NASCAR are pretty much the, shape, the same and how they shamelessly will insert Shameless uh, advertiser and stuff. And you know what? It works because they call you Fridge Boy, mm. so it works. Not but I love big. how radio's like, we going to get that money. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to this and know in business and would like to uh, promote yourself on <laughs> uh, Miguel and Holly Uncensored and please. you feel like your business can uh, coincide with our Uncensored contact, please contact Stephanie Sabota at Cox Media Group Tampa Why? Bay. Why
1: don't you have her contact you? We will
3: insert it seamlessly into Seemlessly. our conversation. <laughs> Miguel
1: is very good at that. Have okay. you? contact you? You know what's going to happen if they contact, no offense to Stephanie Sabota, I love her but if we contact stephanie sabota she gonna get all the money
2: i know i mean well can, girl can you imagine if somebody contacted me and said hey can i advertise on the podcast and we just took the money Ooh. cox media group mr cox would come up from the grave <laughs> and he would take me to Cox, cox. In Atlanta. he would and then he would <laughs> hang me from a tree oh lord whoa yeah,
0: i got deep quick <laughs> well i'm not okay
2: i'm not making any racial overtones i'm just saying I mean, I could have said something else if I wanted to make it racial. But I'm just saying, but listen, girl, we we are owned by Cox Media Group. Okay. See, Scott and and Ryan could do some shady stuff on the side, but our souls are owned because of our contracts uh, to Cox Media Group, so. Well, dang it. But if you would like to advertise, actually, because that's something that I always wanted us to do is to be able to get advertisers on it just so we could, you know, maybe... Get some money. Yeah, get some money. Yes, I want money.
1: I'm, ta- I'm like my boyfriend does it. People be advertising on his shit. That all is time. true.
2: We true. need we need to make that. Maybe ah, uh, I know what we'll do. It's very lucrative. Hold on, hmm. my head's spinning. I'm writing ideas down. <laughs> all right, uh, thinking, here we, here thinking. Bueller, right, <clears throat> always. Uh so yeah, Holly, ten years.
1: Wow! Ten years what, what ago. What is the day? Did it say or no? Uh, it yesterday matter. it
2: said it said three weeks. So okay. I think it was probably June, July. Uh, or July twenty fifth or something like that, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, ten years, we have been working together when I moved into your house, mm-hmm. uh, in your apartment. Yes. So here's a story. I, Holly and I worked on a show together with this guy named Stephen Kramer. Yes. And um, I knew him from college, and we worked together in Savannah. He got the job in Panama City in the summer of 07, and he was working for a few months. They put out a call for a co-host. Holly answered from Ohio. She moved down a couple of months later in... Uh, December. Tw- December, she, Holly moved down. And then in February of 2008... They went to a morning show conference, and we lied and said (laughs) I was on the show so I could get into the morning show conference. And so we were I was the third member of the show, even though that was my first time meeting Holly. Yes. Well, as we were hanging out and getting drunk at that time at that conference, I remember thinking one night, huh, the three of us gel really well. This would be interesting. Yeah. Because I thought I was going to move up north or out west or somewhere. So then a few months later... Some people were fucking up in Panama City and they uh, a position opened up for me to move there yeah and so I moved to Panama City to be the producer and co-host third Mike mm-hmm. and also be the night guy yeah and also do afternoons on our uh, AC station correct and also manage their website mm-hmm. and also be the assistant program director on that radio station yes and also clean the vans.
1: And Dang, you were full-time?
2: I was part-time. Okay, just checking. Cool. Oh, Just oh. Checking. I was part-time. Just checking. Uh, but there so was no hours cap, like, today, right? Um, you didn't log hours. You didn't no hours. log hours?
1: They just paid you what was part-time your... money.
2: It was literally- Like, uh, how many hours do you clock? You didn't clock. I mean, just you, you just just got paid. You just got paid, but
1: with no benefits. <laughs> yeah, what
2: I had paid? no benefits. That's horrible. Paid what? Like,
1: it was a, a, a rubber band. Situation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a piece like, of gum. Uh, no, I got.
3: I mean, pay you in Trident layers pre- and Wendy's gift cards, basically. Oh man, see that advertisement placement right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's yeah. <laughs> good. Trident layers.
2: <laughs> but it's true. But that's how it worked back then. Is that? And that's And that's sort of the shady part of radio, and especially back then. And but that's why, like a small company like here. They have the hours, and they clock you, you and it's regulated. They, I mean,
1: it is because they're such a giant company. There's no way they could get away with right. doing that.
2: Right. But I was just so eager to like start radio. I just wanted to do it and mm-hmm. be out of Savannah. Um, but when I moved in with Holly, we'd only met once before. Correct. And literally, and I think back to that first day when I moved in with you, and as I was like trying to put my stuff and find spaces, and I, I think back to 22-year-old Miguel, and I'm like, who the fuck do you think you were? Literally, I was in Holly's kitchen, and I wa- I couldn't even pay her rent the first two months, and I was like, "Girl, I just got these new pots and pans from my last student loan. You got this old stuff, girl. Move it aside. I got new pots oh and pans gosh. and stuff."
1: He he forcibly took my pots and pans out of the cabinets, <laughs> threw them in a <laughs> box, and I think they st- they sat there for like the next seven moves that yeah. we did together, and then they finally got tossed out. I think. Wow when I moved back here to Tampa Bay for the last time.
2: Jesus. Holly, did you ever think that we'd be working together this long? Could you foresee it back then?
1: No, I I had no idea. Mm. None. None whatsoever. Because I didn't even really know what to expect from the future. I knew I wanted to stay in radio. Um, I knew I was probably going to move to another city at some point, but I didn't really know how that was going to work. I just left it open-ended because... That's what I had done up until that point, and it worked out pretty well for me so far.
2: Yeah. You were just sort of flying by the seat of your pants.
1: I was. Because even you don't have, like, anything tying you down, you can do that. Yeah. Um, As long as you know you're going to get paid at some point. Right. You don't have to worry about, oh, I have this, you know, significant other, and we got to factor them in, or I have a kid, and they got to factor them in. Nope, nope, nope. I was just like, well, let's move to Florida in 2007. Why the fuck not?
2: Wow. If you could tell yourself anything now, like, if you could go back and maybe, like, if, you know— how old were you then?
1: Twenty six.
2: Twenty six. If you could tell twenty six year old Holly O'Connor anything right now, what would it be? About um the job. It, the job. Yeah, the job.
1: Um, I would say you gonna be rich, girl. Just wait. You gonna be so rich? No. I would not say that because, I mean, that's not really true. (laughs) Um, But wait, hold on. You
2: know what I said? That's not really true. She said, I'm kind of rich. I feel
1: a lot richer than I did back then. (laughs) I'll say that. Um, Because I spent approximately like five years at $16,000 as a base. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So uh, I would say all of this shit that you're about to go through, it definitely has a purpose. Mm. So you just got to put your head down and just run through it in the best way that you know how right. and lean on Miguel and it is going to get better. Because we did that, mm-hmm. but we had no idea that it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We just did it hoping that it would be okay, but I would assure that 26-year-old that it would be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Give me a little bit of peace of mind. So good. What about you? Anything? Same. Same?
2: Same. It would just be...
1: Because we had to go through that shit.
2: You did. You you have to go through shit to be able to appreciate um, what fortunes come your way later on you do because if i if we didn't go through all the travesties and the fights and the drama and the crying and the sleepless nights and the bone exhaustion of working literally 24 7 and
1: the questioning i mean oh my god the uncertainty and like what am i doing with my life Mm -hmm. type of thing Mm -hmm. You, you need those to build you up to where you could be to accept a position like this
2: exactly and I think to be able to connect with people as well yeah because we've been there before Mm -hmm. you know and hopefully we don't have to go back there ever but crossing my fingers you know we 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 totally understand that so when you hear that Scott because you're 21 yeah about to enter into your
0: senior year of college
2: Uh at USF like does that make you scared or nervous I or honestly, it's like, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I love hearing stories about like things like that, where you know it's finally talking about the real shit, where people were in those moments they didn't know what was about to happen. Because mm. I, I tell people all the time, I don't know what's gonna happen to me in another year. When I graduate, I do plan on staying here, but at the same time, anything could happen. I could be in a whole other city. I could be doing something completely new for myself. But to hear, like, it's just like. What you did here is you just trusted it. And the fact that you moved in on the first day <laughs> is just, to me, like, that gives me anxiety because it's like, I feel so bad when I burden somebody else. Like, mm. I would not be able to do that. But at the same time, you just, you go for it and it but, ends up working out.
1: What's funny is, though, is that we're like that, too. We don't like, to, we're like, we apologize for breathing basically <laughs> so when you get two people that don't want to burden each other I guess it works because yes. we're like, I'm sorry I'm sorry did you want you need more space do you can I you, okay mm-hmm. I guess that's how it worked
2: I mean someone asked me last night um my friend Derek who lives in Panama City and he was like girl I was thinking I, I saw you and Holly um post some video and he was like have y'all ever had like a blow-up argument have you ever like been mad at each other where you didn't speak to each other and I think honestly in t- years we have not
1: no I cannot we've never not spoken to each other no
2: no like on
1: purpose yeah um have we ever been like in a fight we have probably have a couple moments where you get super irritated with me for some shit and you're just like or like vice versa (laughs) where like you there's like an eye roll or something where you're like oh Uh, here we go I know you but I I don't feel Like, I feel like we're so in sync for the most part Mm -hmm. and we can explain ourselves so well to each other that that sort of avoids a big blow up.
2: It does. And I think that when you understand the intention behind people, because even though those moments where I may be frustrated with you, I know your intention and I know like where you're coming from Mm -hmm. and that it's probably something um, going on. That's sort of, you know, uh, blocking you from whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, And so that I I understand and I know you fully. And so that alleviates so much uh, frustration because I feel like that's what happens a lot, like in relationships and friendships is when you don't know where the person's coming from. That's when you take it personal. That's why, like, I never take anything personal, like especially I've always had a problem. Even um, I was looking at files because I save everything. And I have files from, like, elementary school and middle school.
1: What the fuck were you doing in elementary school that you're like, I'm going to save this file?
2: (laughs) What? Well, okay, remember, I've told you, I was in special ed in elementary school, middle school, and high school. And so they keep a big folder on you all throughout the years where they take notes on your uh, psychological behavior, your learning capabilities, and all that stuff. And so then when you graduate, literally, it's a file like this thick, and they just go and they give it to you at the end of high school and so then you're like well shit let's read about myself and one of the things that's been a constant throughout my entire life is that I don't take um I think it was it was criticism well and so and I know when it happens because whenever um I people try to correct me even though I know if I know I'm wrong I get this like and I can't help it it's just like feeling in the pit of my stomach that rises to my chest and I just it gets that feeling I used to feel when I was younger where I feel like I was dumb mm. but when you correct me I never feel that because I know you don't think I'm dumb right whereas most other people I'm always assuming well they think I'm fucking stupid so I'm just gonna shut down
1: mm. right right mm. I guess it just comes from a total trust yeah because we've yes. never broken each other's trust right um there have been times i'm sure that you've been like disappointed with some reaction that i've had or um i i i thought of something where i was like oh no like i felt like where were you when you didn't have my back but then i also knew even in that moment this i can't even fault him because this is pure miguel through and through and right. it's not his fault right so I, Talk about
2: negotiations.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, there. I guess there are moments where either one of us may be like, "Oh man," but mm-hmm. like, I would never be like, "Fuck you, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just don't feel that way about. Right. I just trust you. I just know you.
2: I'm curious, Ryan. You've been working with us now, and we'll move past the sort of reminiscing part of Miguel and Holly uncensored. Yes,
1: we, we do have other stuff. I promise.
2: We do, we do. Uh, but I'm curious, Ryan. Have you ever felt on the outside because you've been working with us now for two and a half years is that ever awkward for you
3: have i felt on the outside yeah mm, no not really
2: no have we done a good job i've, of I've re- felt re-annuated? included
1: yeah. or
3: inclusive yes okay you guys oh, are good. good okay yeah
1: because it's that's tough like if you know because we have such this weird thing i would i will even admit it i know it's weird mm-hmm. um so for someone coming in to be a third person literally a third you know make a triangle now, we're at a third wheel, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say. It it could be awkward. I think we saw that with some other people. Yeah. And so I think Ryan from the get-go did a good job of like just being. Just
3: blending in? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I do yes. best.
1: <laughs> I sort of
3: just don't like you just sorta... show myself. I'm just like kind of like morph into yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say morph. <laughs>
1: just bitch, bitch, bitches morphed in. So, And it worked. And then, and then we saw him kind of grow in that aspect.
3: Because I'm not like a very aggressive type person when it comes to like personality or anything. So I'm usually just like on the back burner and I'll just like interject things here and there or just uh, see where I can help out. Only when you're mad, girl. When I'm mad, I'm like, bitch. I know. Girl,
2: I have seen Yuck. Ryan in in a professional meetings pop off, girl. I was like, I have never popped off like that. And I've wanted to. And Ryan was like, fuck that shit. No. I'm not
3: taking it. And I'm like, girl. I didn't say that. But you were close, girl. You were building up to it. You were- <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I've gotten better at. Uh, Since working here is, is, uh, is uh, thinking about words and how I'm going to say something. But usually I would go, I would not say anything like back when I was younger, I would either just like not say anything and go home and be like, man, I should have said this, but I've been getting better at like knowing how I think about something and what I want to say about it. Mm. But in the moment.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good skill. I'm still not.
3: (laughs) It's like how to describe something to somebody else. And uh, and and like a a communication
1: type way. Get your point across so that they get it. Mm That's
2: good. That's a that's a hard skill to learn, and especially like as you grow into like your professional career and relationships is trying to be authentic, but then because the thing that I've heard in the past when I was in relationships or just dating is everyone said that I sounded way too scripted. They were like, You sound like you wrote a script out before you're talking to me. And I'm like, that's just oh, I, I remember
1: I, when the, somebody said that yeah, literally about you. They
2: did, and they were like, I feel like you're reading a script or
3: something. I'm like, that's just how I
1: think. <laughs> I like, yeah. feel
3: like that when I'm talking to other people.
1: Yeah. And like a conversation,
3: I'm like, what I say next <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: where's my script Where
3: just like ri- not not Line. like uh like, like the previous situation but just like normal conversation in the office and stuff mm-hmm. when I don't really have not not that I don't want to talk to people but necessarily I just like bump into somebody and I'm like oh, I don't really feel like being personable
1: <laughs> yeah you're like... you know
3: I feel like I'm going off a script when I'm in a conversation sometimes like, I'm just like hyper aware of the speech and you... it's weird, and then and then it like hinders my ability to talk to somebody. Well, I think
1: that that's your introvert side, where you're like, I don't. know. I'm really just like,
3: wanna... what am I saying right now?
1: <laughs> am I stupid? I don't know. Are you high? She's like... like, what's
2: no, going on I'm around just me? Like that? Am I floating right now? What's happening right now? Where? I don't Come understand. On. That's
3: like for the first, um, I would say like five to fifteen or so, six or whatever. I was on um, Adderall or Ritalin before mm. it became. Um, <clears throat> adderall because ritalin's very bad yeah uh they now changed
1: it though right but to... they changed
3: it yeah uh, uh it, but it would just keep me very introverted i wouldn't be as social which is like a side effect of it and eating and stuff but um i felt like i just developed that's that's how i develop mm. that's fascinating how people sort of get to the points of where they are as an adult no but wouldn't you're a kid on that stuff like if your kid takes it Please get them off of it. That's mm. my my view on it. Because mm. they, they can train themselves and it, it goes a long way with like good parenting or like even a behavior specialist or something. Yeah, well, I was gonna say finding a professional that yeah, can help Yeah, there's a professional that can help you. Uh but anyways, when I was on that this is like a tangent. That's
2: <laughs> but nice. it's what like, the uh, podcast. Is when part. I was on I the
3: um when I was on that, I felt like it was just like too extreme of that. Yeah. So when I was in high school or getting towards high school in eighth grade, I decided to get off of it. And my parents noticed because I wasn't taking them and I was like bouncing off the walls. I was a totally different person when when you don't take it. Wow. And uh, so I stopped taking it and I basically just had like no social skills because you didn't know how to do them. Yeah, I didn't know how to do it. So like basically me when I was young was video games like Mm. playing Halo Mm. and like, you know, those uh, those Legos like Technique. Mm. They're called Technique and like super complicated Legos. Yeah, I would build those in like a day like the big ones.
1: Wow. (laughs) A lot of energy.
3: You know, it's so fascinating to me
2: how the type of people that gravitate towards radio, because it's like no one ever doesn't have a story, you know? Oh yeah.
1: We're all fucked up. (laughs) Right, exactly. And you know (laughs) Welcome to it, Scott. Scott, how
2: are you fucked up? Uh, I know, right. Well (laughs) God let me tell you. This is how I knew Scott because when you see Scott he literally looks like the typical dude bro. I mean, literally, everybody, like literally, as you were walking down the hallway, I heard uh, John Brennan and uh, Galvin from The Bone be like, when did the frat guy show up to the radio station oh or God. whatever?
3: Where's the Natty Ice? <laughs> Stop the there's, bridge,
1: bro. kegger down at the frat hey. Where's oh. the
3: Bud Light?
2: Pong. At But here's where I knew Scott was a little bit different. There was something a little bit deeper is our first broadcast with him. And I was like going through the, you know, like, how old are you? Are you in school? What are you interested in? And, And I was like, are you in a frat? And he goes, I was. And I said, oh, well, why? And he goes, I quit. And I was like, why'd you quit? And then he went into this whole story, and I'm sure at some point, you know, we'll talk about that. But the fact that he quit and then talked about how he knew that there was sort of more to life, that it wasn't just about that sort of life and that lifestyle, that it was sort of like, I feel like I always describe when I was in the sixth grade and we got cable and we watched MTV, Mm -hmm. I watched MTV for the first time and I saw that like the world existed outside of Denver, Mm -hmm. that like there was like different nationalities, and there were different people, and different attitudes, and different music, and I I literally just remember being like, holy shit, like it's not just this worldview that I'm in right now. Like your brain
1: opened up and all this stuff went in it.
2: Seriously, it was like the blinders were taken off, and I feel like for, for you, Scott, that was it, and then that's when we talked about some stuff that was going on in your personal life at the time that I was like, okay, so he has some depth. There are some emotions here, because a lot of straight guys don't show that sort of depth and emotion. They just don't feel. They just sort of exist. You're you know? a pussy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, that,
0: that's that's I the saying. culture. I, I, <laughs> no, yeah, it, it is. is. I'm so and against the culture like that. That's but what's that's sad, life. though,
1: <laughs> about men in today's culture. This, seriously. It's true. It's true.
2: Problem. It's like you, you're, you're not supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to think. You're not supposed to dive deep in with my boyfriend, Mr. Silver Fox. Like, he very much is sometimes in that, like, super masculinity- like, I don't want to talk about it. And he, we were just talking about this the other day that he was like, I don't know if you and I could have dated three years ago. But he was like, because I was the person who'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to discuss it. Whereas now I'm like, girl, what you thinking? Yeah. What's going on in your brain? Mm-hmm. Why, why are you mad? Why are you mad? And like, he had, it always, it, there's always like a couple of minutes where he wants to like resist a little bit and then he like breaks through and then it's like, see don't you feel better for talking about it like you actually have depth and emotions <laughs> yep. oh my god yeah
3: i see that uh, uh like it's hard around here because like everybody is pretty much like open and and whatever we lit we work in a culture and i feel like uh, yeah the people we're around are like this you, like you more sort of open have to
1: be to be in this <laughs>
3: but where i really see it and i'm like yep it's pretty much still majority is Facebook comments. Oh, oh girl, mm-hmm. God, it's man. like why are you
2: feeling? Why are you mad? Why are you sad? Are you fucking yeah, snowflake. I'm always
3: just like unfriending people. Oh. <laughs> like, nope,
1: mm. it's tough. It that really is. The is. Worst sometimes. I, I'm kind of glad that I don't. I'm not around much of that too often because I just start to get pissed off and then I'm like. I don't feel like getting a, into a fight with people, but then I'm no. like, maybe that's my privilege that I don't feel like I that I don't feel like I have to, but right. I probably should. Right. So it's just a mess.
3: It goes through ebbs and flows fight for me. With people like that, No, though, I know. You really can't. Because they don't see it. They don't listen. They don't see it, and their brain is not just going to magically open up. Right. Right. It's like something you have to realize by yourself. Yeah. It's something they have to experience personally for them to sort of understand.
2: And
1: they're not listening to this podcast anyway. No.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, for you, what made you sort of uh, go from like being like frat, dude bro- to like uh, a, a feeling, sort of emotional being.
0: Well, I mean, even when I was in like the fraternity and everything, it, that I never wanted it to define who I was. Because when I first came into college, like I joined the frat, the fraternity, to literally just surround myself with guys that I thought were into the same things I was. Mm-hmm. The, the first thing we did was play football, and when I grew up, like that's all I did. I played sports. I was very sport heavy, very masculine, actually. With the last conversation. But mm-hmm. that was the first thing that attracted me to joining. And I always heard these great stories in Brotherhood. And I've always been on sports teams where I wanted this. And I immediately found it. I was like, all right, this is sweet. And, and I it joined. can
1: be a family. It,
0: it definitely can be. The way and how it was formed, it was for that. you right. know. And after a couple years, my first year, I also joined the orientation team. So I was joining a fraternity. And then I joined the USF orientation team where I was surrounded in the fraternity with a bunch of a majority white like eighteen to twenty-two year olds, where you could you could imagine where the thought process goes. It sounds lot of, like
2: a fun time when I was in college, girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, girl, let me infiltrate that. Oh yes. my lord! Okay. But it's it starts off. I mean, it, it. I had some great friendships formed. I really did, and I can't say that I never had friendships from that. But I also saw a shift, or how people had conversations where it was very shallow in the beginning. You know, you didn't. It was in that culture where you couldn't really talk about what was going on. There's not so many things that you could be really deep about. And I remember even like having a girlfriend at the time. It's like, okay, like you can't talk about that. You can't talk about how you really feel. And then I go into the orientation team where it's like, all you do is talk about whatever's going on in your life. This mm. is a space where you can talk about it. And mm. I was surrounded by a completely different slate of people. I had people from all over the world. People, like, you know, confused on, like, they don't have to classify a male, female, anything like that. It's just everything that you could imagine on being completely different from who I am mm it allowed me to completely open up.
2: Was that weird for you at first when you go from, you know, all these straight dude bro straight white dude bros in the frat to all of a sudden you have someone who maybe is transgender or who maybe doesn't identify as any sort of gender?
0: How was that? Was it jarring? Was it scary? I mean, it's definitely for me it was I always challenge myself to just be completely open to the idea. Completely just, I want to learn from your perspective. Because I grew up in Vero Beach, Florida, which is majority, older, white, kind of conservative. And again, it's in that setting where you don't know that much about the outside world. And so when I joined and I started learning about all these different perspectives and what triggers people and what actually, like, what it means to be in somebody else's, like, world, that's when I finally wanted to be more open to just the idea of just everyone and i've always been someone i just if you're a person i love you for who you are it doesn't matter where your background is who you like who you don't like i'm gonna love you as a person i always wanted to be that person for other people but this allowed me to actually meet those people that i have been waiting to really gain their perspective from and that's where it really became like if you're gonna be i mean we see it in the culture of if you're gonna be an asshole to somebody else because of what they believe in what they want to do with their lives or who they are well i don't want to associate myself with you because I believe everyone should have that chance to be who they want to be at the end of the day.
2: What was the most offensive thing you heard at your in your
0: frat house? <laughs> like that made you sort of be like, "You know what? I think I'm done with this." Well, uh, I mean, that uh, to go into a little bit of it, I just there was a constant flow of either racial or sexist like slurs thrown out. Like d- no doubt. I'm like if you're listening and you're going to argue with me, you can't because I heard it all the time and the fact is we had people that were of different ethnicities, people that came from different backgrounds, but yet it was still it was it's again that masculine culture where I'm going to say it because it's just like that's what everyone else is saying.
1: Right. Wait. Wait. Or so it's allowed to so, be said. No, no one's checking it.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: So you would have people from other ethnicities like in the frat, and then the other guys would would still yeah still now would they say it in like a negative way or would they be like jokey but like not
0: jokey but not I mean joking on the way but like. At the same time, is it really a joke? It's the fact wow. of, like, if some, if somebody hears it and is still offended, it's still offensive. Like, it, at the end of the day, just don't go there, you mm. know? Like, there's no need for it. And at a certain point, I mean, I remember just sitting there frustrated. And this was after my summer of orientation where I got completely just a whole different perspective of the world. And then I went back and I hear these things. It's just... That drove me nuts. I actually went into, I would say, like, a small little bit of depression because it's just like, what am I doing? Like, I was with the best people this summer, and now I'm surrounded by just a lot of just negative shit that I don't want to be around. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I could change it after a while. And, I mean, that was a story where that's our first remote where I, like, opened up completely because it was fresh after, like, I finally just had enough. And I just said, I'm out. Like, if y'all aren't going to stand by what I believe in and where I see, like, how the world should be goodbye and from there haven't been back so. what
1: were you um like a um, did you have a title in the fraternity
0: yeah so after that first year i went into like a chaplain role where it's like you're in charge of the brotherhood you're in charge of making sure we stayed true to our values
1: oh well then of all people like <laughs> well, and that's when, you know, in and- charge of
0: cleaning the kegerator lines <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of good and there there's guys in there that were awesome and yeah. i think that's what i like stuck to and then they graduated and that's when i went to i went to presidency I wanted to become the, I wanted to change it. I really did. I wanted to change the culture, how we functioned, get back to our values, what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I saw it just at that point, I mean, you're so far in the hole and it's just sucking all the energy out of you that you, there's only so much you could do. And so at a certain point there, things came up that I didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. And I made some decisions that I, I know are what should have been done. And just everyone, like a good majority, I'd say like 95% turned on me. And at that point it's like, you're supposed to be a brotherhood. You're supposed to be family. Mm. This is the things I joined for.
1: But see, you were starting to change how they were comfortable with.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, That's exactly. Why. No, I mean I, I know I just I shook their world and yeah. I'm bringing in a new perspective and on the guy culture and the masculinity is like you're speaking up for real shit. You're talking about the things that everyone's thinking but not talking about. Yeah. And at a certain point I'm just all right, I'm done with this. Like I'm twenty one years old. I'm gonna speak up for what I believe in. And at the time I was campaigning with the university for going for vice president of student government. Where our whole campaign was funded under and put under, what do you believe in? That was a question that we put out to people. And so this is all happening while I'm over here preaching, like, what do you believe in? I'm like, this is a moment of me finding myself. And that's where I, I think I've made the most growth because I stood up for something all on me to just find what I believed in. And I'm going to stick to it. Even if it turns 70 guys against me, I'm going to go on the path that I knew I was supposed to follow.
2: God, I miss college. God, <laughs> God damn it. That's Man. that's the shit that college is for. And that's, that's what, is what I'm it's saying. For. Like
1: honestly, like you don't have to go to college and right. whatever. And there are sometimes different like, you know, different kinds of schools you can go to. What I think you gain most from a four year education is the ability to do like critical thinking, problem solving, open up your worldview. And yeah, you can learn some stuff in your class, but like those are the big things, right? Right, I mean, that's what you go to like mentally, emotionally grow.
2: And and especially for your undergrad, I mean, like if you're going into something specialized, you know, later on after that, that's where you really learn mm-hmm. stuff. But I feel like for your undergrad, that's where you take someone like Scott, who had like, ooh, I'm white and I live in a white world and everything's great, perfect. <laughs> and I don't know anything. And then you're like, boom, boom, like your world gets blown yeah. to smithereens, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, there's this whole worldview. That's yeah. awesome. I'm well, I'm very glad that you had that. It's unfortunate that it happened, but I'm I'm glad that you had that experience. Experience uh, going to school because th- to me it's so surprising that on a college campus in 2018, like and especially in a diverse city like that, that that's but still happening. But you have to
1: remember though, the diverse city, like the college campus, is its own bubble.
2: Right. No, that's very true. I mean, and true. even though
1: the student body is diverse, diverse, <clears throat> like you still have fraternities and or sororities that may not be as. Mm-hmm, yeah. It is very possible because you got blinders on to just right. stay in your group.
0: Wow. And that's what's I mean. There are again, there's great organizations, and that's what. It's supposed to be. And there's supposed to be that unity factor behind it. And, you know, I always had that envision of, like, you have 70 people that could do some great work, especially around the Tampa Bay area, where it's like, let's go go change some other people's lives. Let's go volunteer at the hospital. Let's go give back to the homeless. You have 70 people. Might as well do it. You have one team. And, I mean, there are organizations that do it. And I have seen it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying to get back with mine.
1: Yeah. Because they all should be sort of philanthropic in a way. I'm sure yours was tied to a philanthropy, as they all are. And Mm -hmm. if you deviate from that and then you get all these other people that are joining for the wrong reasons it can be hard to rein in I won't get drunk I won't have sex yeah hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah I'm here college. (laughs) oh
0: lord
2: Uh, now we gotta get into something that's a little more serious Uh, something that's been happening with our uh, other half Miss O'Connor.
1: Oh, hi. Hi. Sorry, now I feel like we're on this big like yeah, and now <laughs> we're Holly gonna be like is... uh, want want.
2: It, Holly, it's not want want. It's, it's your not. life. It's, it's not.
3: Fine. When's Holly... the due date?
1: No. Uh, oh. No. Sorry. <laughs> <boo-boo-boo-boo>. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. No. Holly no. pregnant. No, she's not. <gasps> no. She's no.
2: She's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. Holly. I
1: just hit my period, y'all. No. Nope.
2: She's like, I'm not.
1: am <laughs> good. This house is clear. Whoa.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the temples have been cleaned. Um, oh, I was like. Temple. T- what what you I about? thought you
1: said tipples. Temples. I was no. like, what's the temple? No, the
2: temples, temples have been cleaned. Okay. Uh, so, Holly, there's been something going on that you haven't, we haven't discussed. No. Because you sort of wanted to see it through first before you brought it
1: up. Yeah. Um. So, Okay. Uh, and I've only told Miguel this. I haven't told anybody else this, and I've only told a couple family members. So, um, ready, <laughs> Okay, so the thing is, <clears throat> we all know, and I talked about it at length on the podcast, what happened with my mom, mm-hmm. right? So she, in in case you aren't familiar, let me do a very quick recap because it's relevant. So back in November, she fell, <clears throat> and I took her to the hospital because I thought she might have a concussion. Turned out, after a CAT scan, she had this... Mass in her brain. It was a giant brain tumor called a meningioma, and uh, typically, like ninety-eight percent of the time, meningiomas are benign. They're just growths. It's like the the covering, um, the cellular covering over your brain, um, the film. It grow. it's like that's where the cells just kind of go crazy and multiply, and it's that made out of that. But it's not like inside the brain chambers necessarily, it's just like growing from those. Mm-hmm. can be close to the brain stem, can be whatever. So she had this, and apparently her, hers had been growing for decades because it's a very slow growing tumor, and um, hers was like pretty big. It was the, about like half the size of her entire left brain, and it was now pushing on the brain and pushing the other side of the brain. So she had surgery- then we went through this whole crazy journey that we didn't expect at all. I thought, literally, I thought maybe a week tops she'd be back at home after this, the removal of this tumor, um, and she wasn't. I mean, she spent a long time in the hospital and then rehab, and then we had some other medical issues, and she was back in the hospital, back in rehab, and then when she was done with all of that, she wasn't. She still wasn't well. I mean, mm. she started with global aphasia, where she couldn't speak, write even quite understand normal English language or, uh, you know, read. And so it's like, how do you communicate with a person like this? So we didn't know if that was going to get better or not. So um, that slowly started to get better. She started to at least understand what other people were saying, but she still couldn't communicate. So the people... People at the stupid rehab center, they're like, oh, she should be okay at home. And I was like, uh, she will not no. be okay. I'm not, not. Uh-uh. I can't. I That's too much for me. Sorry. Mm. I can't. And it's too much for her. We can't do it. So then she was in assisted living from January until the middle of May. And she has been getting better slowly. It really has been an amazing process. Like, the human brain is crazy good. Mm. Like, it's just really incredible. So, um... She came home. She's doing a lot better. She still has a few issues with memory. Uh, she still has language deficiencies because instead of aphasia, now she has apraxia, where she'll think of the word that she wants to use, but it doesn't come out. Right. And then we and I feel bad because it's so frustrating. But sometimes we laugh about <laughs> it because yesterday even she was like, "Did you see the uh, the uh, rubber bands?" And I was like, "Rubber bands?" And mm-hmm. she's like, "Not rubber bands." Rubber band, not rubber bands. Lipstick. I go. <laughs> rubber bands, really? She goes. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like okay. So she makes those up. But like she's going through this right now, and we're working with a speech therapist. So she still has a ways to go, but she's doing. Leaps and bounds better than she was, say, January. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's where we are right now with my mom. So back when we had the surgery, which was all rushed, you know, we found out this that she had a tumor. And then we had to do the surgery like three days later. So we met uh, this neurosurgeon. And the neurosurgeon who did the surgery on my mom came out after the surgery was done that day. And, of course, we're all waiting nervously. And she said, you know, she came through really well. We were able to remove the whole tumor. We're getting into the you know specifics. She goes, you know, just offhandedly. Honestly, she goes, didn't you say your aunt had one of these? And I said, yeah, actually, we talked about this. My mom's sister also has a meningioma. Mm. It's, like, in the back of her head. But they're not operating on it because it seems to not be growing. Mm. It's probably the size of a golf ball. My mom's was the size of, like... Maybe a lemon. Oh. I don't know. Big. And uh, my aunt's is like the size of a golf ball, a little smaller. And it's not causing any symptoms except for really bad headaches, which she takes medicine for. Mm-hmm. So my uh, the neurosurgeon was like, you might want to just get checked out. And I was like, mm. uh, I do not have time for all this shit right now. I'm dealing with uh. too much. So as the months went by, I was like, well, first of all, maybe I should get checked out. And um, I didn't even have a primary care physician. <laughs> so I was mm. like, let me find a doctor first. Found a doctor, told her that whole story that I just told you. And she goes, uh, I don't really know that, you know, your insurance will pay for an MRI mm. at your age with no symptoms, just on family, your mom and your aunt having this. And right. I was like, okay, well, what can we do? She's like, we're just going to put down the champ headaches. <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> So
2: don't send this to Aetna.
1: I know, right? So, and actually, we don't have to, because funny, quick side story is that uh, when I was going to use my insurance to pay for the MRI, uh, it was going to be like nine hundred dollars oh, out of pocket oh. because I hadn't met the deductible, mm. and they didn't want to cover most of it or whatever. And the, this really nice older lady at the um, the hospital where I was going to get it done was like um she's like oh child do not get put your card away oh she goes you will go to the standalone clinic you'll tell them you don't have insurance and it costs 250 <laughs> i was like are you sure she's like yes go go listen do the
2: thing. you got to work your way around the system because they will cheat still yes. and mm-hmm. get anything from you and you got to do the same to them
1: same so i did i went got the mri and i was like all right what if so kind of forgot about it sent it off to the doctor i was in Target shopping for 4th of July gear uh, a couple days before 4th of July and this number calls and I'm like hello and she's like hey Holly it's you know doctor so and so it's my doctor I chose for my primary care and she goes so I got your results back from the MRI and you do have a mass Mm. and everything kind of like stopped in Target you know Mm -hmm. I was like oh shit (sighs) That sucks. She's like, Yeah, I know. It's not what you wanted to hear. And I'm like, where's like the shoe racks where you have a seat? Can we right. find a seat somewhere? Let me
2: just sit out. Now, was your daughter with you?
1: No. You are no. by yourself? Thankfully I was okay, by myself. Okay. That was probably that would have been terrible. So no, I was by myself. So I sat down in the little shoe area of Target, because they have those little benches. And I was like, Okay. Um because you know, like when you ever get like some kind of weird medical news, you're like, Break this down for me because I'm having a hard time understanding words right now. So, like, what does this mean? She goes, well, they f- there's a appears to be a small tumor, which she's like, I mean, obviously, it is almost impossible that it would be anything other than a meningioma because that's what your mom had that's what mm. your aunt has mm-hmm. it is known to be hereditary especially in females uh so she goes that's I'm I'm going to just going to say that is what it is um she said it's very small and she gave me like the millimeters you know whatever um which i likened to about the size of a grape maybe mm. so it's really not very big mm-hmm. and um she said, you know, you have a lot of options. And she said, I would recommend just going, maybe go with the same neurosurgeon that told you to get the MRI and just see what she says.
0: Mm. So that's
1: why I didn't really want to talk about it until I had gone to see a neurosurgeon to get more of a final final answer about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that first day, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty shitty because I was like, oh, God, like, what does this mean? I made an appointment, went to see the same neurosurgeon that my mom went to, and she walks in the room and she's like, oh, no. You're not here with your mom. I'm like, nope. Oh, uh, it's me. So she hugs me. She's like, okay, let's do this. She pulls up the slides and she's like, okay, this is good. Cause she's like, if she goes, if it was anybody else in your exact same situation, I would 100% say, wait this out and just see if it gets any bigger because we don't really know anything about it. She goes, given your history with your mom's very large tumor, mm-hmm. she said, you do have the option of either having a, um, I can't think of the name of the procedure, but it's basically um, like radiation therapy oh. where they shoot lasers <laughs> into the tumor and kill it effectively. Um, that, or actually going in and surgically removing it. Like so your mom. That, like your, like my mom. Uh, she said, so those are options to you, but it's really up to you at this point. Thanks a lot. I was like, okay. And she's like, do you know maybe where you're leaning? And I was like, I don't want to do anything right now. I just don't. And she's like, that's perfectly fine. She said it's understandable. It's fine. She said it's so small. It's not disrupting anything. I I don't have headaches. I have zero symptoms at this moment. And then it's this is why I'm saying the brain is so cool. She showed me a little diagram of like where it is in my brain, I guess, is like the top, middle, left. Like Mm. if you think of the line straight like going Mm -hmm. from your nose all the way back. Mine's like just to the left of the middle midline in like sort of the middle area. And she goes, that area there, that would be like your, that controls your right foot, right leg, right trunk area. Oh. And even a little bit of your right arm maybe. She's like, if you're not having any weird pain, numbness, weakness in those areas, or bad headaches, or any kind of like, you know, passing out episodes, you're, you're okay. It's not impacting anything. And in the MRI, it doesn't show any kind of swelling or bleeding or anything. Um, so she's like, it's perfectly okay not to do anything. She said, what I would recommend is, because I did an a MRI without contrast dye. She said, come back in the fall, maybe in October, get another MRI, and we can see even a closer view of what's going on. And then if you want to do anything different, fine. And if you don't, we'll know at that time whether it's growing, whether it's just sitting there, wh- what's going on. So... Mm. I have a brain tumor. That's weird, but I do.
2: When you say that, what 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 does that make you feel?
1: I don't even know. I feel some type of way. I don't know if I can place the emotion. It's just ugh.
2: Mm. It's
1: so weird when your body's doing things that you don't want it to do. Yeah. So um yeah. So that's where that's my latest thing where I was just like, really. Why would that thing pass down? Shit. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, too, I'm kind of split about it because it's great that I discovered it. I right, you never know. would have gone no. to get an MRI had my mom not gone through all this stuff.
2: Not at 32 years never. old, Holly. Oh,
1: yes, that's right, 32. You're 32. Amen.
2: Scott, guess how old Holly is. Uh,
0: 27.
1: Yes, sir. Wrong. Yes, yes, sir.
2: Sir. Dead wrong. Dead wrong.
0: That's right. Ryan, do you know how old Holly is? Hmm? <laughs> 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 Welcome back, Ryan <laughs> Yeah, hi No,
1: You know <coughs> how old Holly is? You no? probably know I said it I probably think recently
2: 35? Yes 7?
1: Ah, uh, excuse me. Forty-two. 30.
2: Forty. Forty-six. <laughs> Thirty-six. So now we just sort of sit and watch, and yeah, that's all you know, we do. if something happens and your right arm goes numb, mm-hmm. then we're like, call the neurosurgeon. Yes,
1: or my, or we're walking somewhere and my right leg buckles over. Oh and you're God! Like, and I'm like, could you just let him know my tumor's acting up? Like, oh. I'm trying to find the humor in this. So I. All right.
2: So that means we have to give your tumor a name.
1: Oh. Ooh. Ooh okay.
2: <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: We, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I want it to be something, though, that I feel like I have, like, you know, can joke around about. I, what I don't want Pebbles? is for th-
3: <laughs> Patty? It's it's Pebbles. Patty. So, hopefully we give it a small name and it stays it cute. It stays small. It true, stays cute. true, mm-hmm. true. So, Pebbles?
1: I like it. Pebbles! Pebbles. Pebbles. <laughs> I thought it gonna be more like a Virginia or something crazy, <laughs> like, I will go with Pebbles. A good Diana. S- Diana. So, yeah. <laughs> A Diana.
2: So. I like pebbles.
1: I like it. Good old pebbles. I just the main thing is this could be in my head for the rest of my life and never get any bigger, which would be obviously ideal. Um, This could get bigger in time and, and maybe like another decade I could be looking at having to treat it or this could be getting bigger in the next year I, I don't mm. know I don't know what happened with my mom and why the hell hers got so big um, I don't know why my aunt's is not getting any bigger so mm. I did call my cousins though my aunt's daughters and mm-hmm. I was like Holla! Hey. hey, hope y'all having a good day. Listen, I got one of these two now, so y'all probably need to get checked out for real. Mm.
2: Uh, pebbles is is there? Got pebbles, and so you need to see if Diana and Virginia are growing in your heads as well.
1: Correct. All right. So, and the only bad thing now, though, too, is that I worry about my daughter
2: mm. because
1: I'm like, God, if I pass this down to her too, oh, I gosh. will just feel.
2: Like I feel should. like you can't even I know just begin to. But
1: what I'm kind of hoping is that. Well, no, actually, that doesn't make sense because, like, I was like, she. Takes Takes more after her dad physically, mm. but so do I. So it didn't right. do anything that's for
2: me. It, it's... Pebble said, "Holly, be quiet. You're fine. It's fine. You're fine." So
1: that's my story. I don't feel like sad about it. I definitely don't want anybody to be like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" Because I, there are so many other people dealing with such worse stuff. My right. mother included. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not looking for sympathy or pity or people to feel weird. I just wanted to share it. And maybe in the hopes of, and maybe taking this vein, um, if you have some kind of shit going on in your family, it doesn't hurt to get checked. Get
2: it checked out. Because
1: now I feel like I have the knowledge Mm -hmm. and I I am in charge of it now instead of just being unsuspecting.
2: Sort of in a very similar bent, uh, Scott, you're dealing with some stuff in your family as well.
0: Yeah, no, I'm dealing with, my mom has been extremely sick I guess over the past couple months I mean it's been something that's it's gotten better yeah. i they actually i mean my parents just came over to Tampa last weekend so it's been something but I mean right around the time I started working here it was actually my first gig that I ever worked I got a call from my dad and I of course missed it because I was working you don't right. answer calls at work yeah. but then I see a text and like at the night before I knew something was I just had this weird gut feeling that like My dad texted me, I was studying for finals and I knew something was up and he just, all he did was ask how finals are. That's different. Mm. But then they called me and I I knew something was up and it was my, this is like one of my biggest fears because like I'm a, I admit it full heartedly, I'm a mama's boy. I mean, no Mm. doubt about it. I love my mom. My mom has been there for everything, literally Mm. why I'm here today, a supporter for it all. But I got the call that I needed to head over to Vero. My mom was like in ICU And, you know, just get over here. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And that I mean, for me, that was the hardest thing because it's just I had no idea prior. I had no prior knowledge. I knew things were up. But that was only because I'm very curious and I'm suspicious and I just doubt things and I overthink everything. And so I get this call. And I mean, from there, that was just probably the scariest moment. You're going through every possible thing in your head. And. I mean, it, luckily, it's everything has gotten a little better. But yeah, I mean, my mom had this infection in her like her stomach area and problems with like her her liver area and mm. these things that are just combining. And the again, like the hardest thing was it's like all right, uh, here's everything and now process it. And I was like, mm. what? Like I had no prior knowledge. Like why is this? And at first, I mean. I was I was upset. I mean, I was driving over to the hospital with my dad, and like that was the first thing I asked: like, why didn't I know? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't we have any idea that this was going on? Right. And it's like I, and I feel guilty about because I don't want to put that pressure on my parents to be like, hey, you have to tell me everything. Right. It, it's just in that moment I was just extremely upset because it's like, like if anything were to happen, if anything like worsened or got like, I wouldn't function. Like I would, compl- mm. I wouldn't be me ever again, right. ever again. Because it's just that is such a important part of my life and like even now i mean i call my mom i try to call her every day mm. to make sure that i'm just constantly contacting her but she was in the hospital for a couple months i mean mm. it was one of the first playoff games in for the lightning here that that's when she went in and then she was in there for probably a month or two months and now she's at home and still recovering and did they find out stuff. exactly like what was wrong with her? Uh not exactly to be completely honest no i mean it's just working through there's, the biggest thing was this infection her got that just filled with fluid. And mm. so it's just, that was like the process of like, okay, let's like, let's drain it. This is how it's going to work and mm-hmm. it caused this infection and now it's still draining. So still dealing with that and she was on antibiotics forever and it's just, she was always, she's somebody that just, always will put herself last like if there's somebody Mm. that's gonna say all right let's take care of you first like that's her right and it came to a point where it's like you got to stop doing that you got to stop you know allowing everyone else to make decisions for you got to speak up for yourself Mm -hmm. and i mean if she's listened when she listens to this it's like i mean i tell her that every time i'm on the phone with her because Mm. at this stage in her life it's like after all the stress and everything it's like that's what caused it it was that moment of You're letting everyone else decide things for you. You're allowing these things to go on your shoulders Hmm. instead of hey, like speak up for yourself. If you're not feeling good, speak up. And I I mean, I'm thank, I'm extremely thankful that things have gotten better. Things are on an uprise. It's just it's gonna be an on, ongoing battle for probably. I mean, she says the rest of her life, but it's like, you know, making sure that she's just doing these things every single day to get better.
2: So it's something where it's like the stress of life sort of uh, made a physical uh, appearance inside of her body and caused the infection? Or is that sort of what they're thinking? Or It's
0: part of it. I mean, it's, it goes on, you know, like, not eating right, not treating your body right, and it kind mm. of all comes together. I mean, it, those are things And she that... probably
1: picked up an infection from somewhere, because it's got to yeah. come from somewhere. I mean, right. I,
0: from my <laughs> understanding, it came from, like, the first procedure. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, this is where it kind of gets frustrating, because... You don't know. These are things that, like... I remember we went on a cruise in, the, like, December... And that time in the winter time, it was like awesome cruise family. But I knew things were up. Like there's things that like were happening that I overheard my parents talking about. But it's like, okay, cool, cool. Hmm. And then five months later, I'm driving back to Vero as fast as I can to go make sure that I get in the hospital when the hours are still going. So
2: that's such an interesting family dynamic that I've seen like on TV yeah. where because I've never had that where you're sort of like let's keep the kids completely out of the equation not in a negative way yeah. because they want to protect you. Them. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like my mom has always been like bitch here's what's up. Here is yeah. everything. And, and so I that's really interesting that even on the cruise that they weren't like hey some stuff is up and that you even now don't even really know like what's the genesis of this and like what happened
0: yeah i mean i know more i know much more because my mom has finally allowed herself to be a little bit of a center of attention because this is the moment where you need it like and i'll pressure her i pressure her all the time like tell me what's going on like i told her the other day like tell me what you're really feeling how do you really feel about this because to everyone else i'm fine everything's fine it's like you're really not you know let's yeah. open about this and i get that my parents want to protect me and want to like in that time i was in finals and i completely understand that and that's what my dad said too. Is like I didn't want to put that stress over you while you're literally about to take an exam. Because I was, I took an exam at like 3 a.m. just to stay up and finish out my semester. But it wasn't that. It was the fact of six months prior, just to give a little like process with, so I could work my way through this instead of all of a sudden at once, boom. And that, again, that was like my first gig on at this job mm. where I'm out there and like we just got done setting up, and I, I immediately I knew it was up. Like, I got the text, like, you got to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay, well, now I got to go work uh, six hours and dealing with people and, like, put on that smile and make sure that you're being out there and being your best self. But at the same time, in the back of my head, all this stuff is going through, like, what is about to happen? You
2: know, we've all had those stories about having to put that stuff in the back of your mind and put the in a little box.
1: parts of the business.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm really curious, Ryan, your mom mm-hmm. and your dad are not married, right? No. It's your stepdad and step your mom? Stepdad, stepmom okay yeah. yeah and so you have two different families are are they are they like growing up were they like that were they like shielded you from stuff or were they super protective and making sure that you sort of just saw only the good stuff or were they like completely uh, honest and, and, full, and forthcoming with
3: you um I mean if there was something that was hidden really I don't know mm-hmm. so I guess it would be the, uh, the latter right
1: unless but. there weren't any big
3: unless there weren't issues. any uh big things happening uh which to my knowledge nothing really crazy mm. i just yet. i find that that that's an interesting sort of way
2: not that there's any right or wrong way mm-hmm. and because i think it just depends well, on on the child and like how they sort
0: of perceive that well cuz uh, how old are your parents Uh, my dad's i just found a 56 and oh, then okay. my mom's like 50 see my
3: dad and my mom are it's like 49 and 48 or whatever. Oh, so, you got young. them
2: young parents. Yeah,
3: so uh, oh, they were getting on. They were, were real like, young, honey. <laughs> now, like <laughs> we know, my my dad is getting you know towards the fifty or whatever. But he's got a couple things like high blood pressure and just like a couple pain things that could be something else. Yeah, due to like nervous system maybe, but um, it's nothing like super crazy yet. Hmm. So,
1: God, do you think they'll let you in on it? If fingers crossed, should? yeah. But I
3: mean. um... Yeah, I think so, because I I, uh, ask him more, and I try to find out stuff, but um, my mom and my stepdad are good. My stepmom, she's been having some stuff with, like, kidneys and kidney stones and just different stuff that's making her not feel good, so they're in the process of figuring out, so that's probably the deepest one so far. I tell you what. So we're just kind of, like, in a limbo trying to find out, but uh, I haven't heard, like, a ton of things unless I ask. So
2: watching your family and just sort of seeing as it changes, as you get older and the whole dynamic, uh, as you get yeah. older, it's just so fascinating because you see these people in your family that you grew up with who were like the pillars of the family who were so strong and, and uh, indestructible yes. all of a sudden become weakened and it's sort of like their shields are breached and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they start crippling down a little bit and sort of watching it happen and then to realize that you're now the one that's having to make decisions and that the one that people are turning to, it's just such an interesting yeah. thing to sort of see as you start to get older.
3: Mm-hmm. I've never had a dynamic where i like share things all the way openly between like my mom or my dad where like we are just like open emotional thing mm-hmm. it's like i don't know whether that was me just like shunning it off because i used to just not be like that so i don't know why that developed like that but uh i don't really know any things until i start asking so mm.
1: they're not trying to loop you in
3: no I mean, I could go for weeks without t- talking to my parents, and I live in St. Pete. Mm, Ryan, you talk to your mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know your mama always like. But no, my we don't have a, no no bad relationship, no ill things or but at all. But I think you're it's just in like the a separation it is. of like it is. a little bit. You, you know, do. it's a little different than like Taryn. It calls her grandma on the way to work every day. Oh, has like her mom call her couple times a day even and i'm like i don't have that i don't know what that's like Mm. not not that it's bad for me not that i you know you don't
1: feel bad about
3: it i felt like i missed out on something i didn't do you feel like they were all good they provided me something wrong and everything no there's nothing wrong but i'm just saying like that communication and that like emotional like i can tell you this you tell me that Mm -hmm. without us asking it's yeah just a little different for us Mm. I mean, yeah. Like every family
2: is different. Every dynamic is different. If there's anybody in this room that knows of a different family dynamic, it is myself. It's honey. This bitch right now. This bitch right here. <laughs> because right, just I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Because I feel sometimes totally disconnected from my family. Like my mom will call me and I feel awful because I feel like I can't use the excuse of like, well, I'm 20 and I'm working radio and I'm busy and I have stuff to do. But I just now it's been 10 years that I haven't been even in the same state. And so I feel so disconnected from everything. And I I totally feel bad. (laughs) But that's where we are. That's what what it is.
1: I would still be totally disconnected if my mom hadn't moved down here in with me. No. It's
2: fine. She's with you. She all she's up in it. all up in it. She's all mm-hmm. up in it. She That's all how I know she's getting
1: better. She's more in it. She comes <laughs> down. I came to home from work the other day and I was like, oh, hello. Remember, you're going to be upstairs? No? Okay, it's fine.
2: Um, I, I do want to end on one quick thing, real quick. Um, Scott, you are a vegetarian now. I'm
0: a new vegetarian Why? Oh, yeah.
2: Why? Why?
0: Well, I mean,. I've always thought mm. about like those cool lifestyle changes, and mm. all, I even you might be thinking so now he's it's trendy like, now. <laughs> I'm trendy. Look Are at my Are you pants.
2: hipster? Well, I mean, you're wearing green
0: pants. Don't judge me, and, bro. Uh, Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I did you wear these on that day. You do look like a little
2: leprechaun right they, now.
0: They remind me of broccoli because I eat that now as a vegetarian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it reminds you to get your full plate of greens. Exactly. That is true.
0: But I wanted to. I wanted to challenge myself. I really did. I wanted to just kind of just be like, okay, I want to just change my lifestyle. I wanted to become healthier And that was one way that I could Possibly become that but at the same time It's always something when people say like Oh I come to be a vegetarian They're like oh I could never do that or I could never Eat like that I need me I'm like well I mean I've always said that too but I'm just gonna go for it I mean I'm only on like day five or six (laughs) (laughs) But for me You have to make such like you have to be So conscious about what you're eating now And I love that because before I mean especially Now that I'm like I feel like I'm working much more Than I ever have Mm -hmm. like it's very Easy to like just go hit up You know, get a sandwich over here at the Dunkin' or just make myself a little like turkey bread when I'm running out the door. And now it's like, okay, you gotta like actually cook in the morning. You have to make your meals throughout the day. Are you eating eggs? Yeah, yeah he's I He's not eggs. vegan, he's okay. just vegetarian. Yeah, vegetarian. It, again, it's just to challenge myself. I want to challenge myself mentally nah, to be that like- That sounds like a lot of challenge, though. Like, <laughs> that just like, oh, sounds... You can't challenge me with food. Yeah. I will no, fail. No,
2: that is too I'm much. I'm about to go home sounds and eat a like roast just... beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating a whole turkey, No, okay? I had
0: veggie burgers, and let me tell you, but, they are- No, 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 no. They are amazing. They are They Is it for the first three
3: that you eat?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I've is had it four so far. Six. Is
3: it the Morningstar Grillas you're doing, or is it the Boca Burger?
0: I think it's the Boca
3: Burger. Boca Burgers- Ask Evander. He has the ones uh, that mm. are good. I like them. I really do. Evander's uh. vegan.
0: Oh, see, that. But that's uh, he has
3: actually his girlfriend, uh, Alex... Does a website now where she does vegan meals? Yeah, I just like saw little him videos share and stuff. Video. It's like those little shareable ones you yes. see on Facebook. Like they're going
0: for that. That's gonna be me soon. I already started the you. blog too, like a regular vegetarian.
2: Is your girlfriend also going vegetarian? Yeah, yeah
0: she did it with me. I she mean, did we, it with just, you? we went we left breakfast from with my parents. It was actually this past weekend and No bacon. <laughs> well, I mean I had my last little bit, I was like crab meat or something. I I was not planning on going vegetarian. You
1: can still eat fish.
0: That's pescatarian. I, oh, I don't have fish. fish is, I eliminate fish from my diet no, I, mean.
1: I thought you, you could say sp- p- it.
0: <laughs> Come on. I, I know these things now. I Look at me. I'm a, a vegetarian. Is fish. There's a lot of fish Fish is basically <laughs> water. Bro. No, we were just. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were driving. are basically grass
3: <laughs> and milk.
1: Milk. moo.
0: Oh, my gosh. You guys are horrible people. <laughs> I know. No, no I was just. We literally just earned the cards like, we should just try this. We were going to the grocery store to get groceries. Like, oh, let's just. You know what? Let's give it a shot. And here we are a week later.
2: Scott, uh, because of all the help that you've given us and everything, and you're sort of off the clock and doing the podcast with us, I really wanted to give you a nice dinner at the Brazilian Steakhouse. Um, no,
1: you didn't. Did they are have you, tofu? Are no, you, you
3: did not. <laughs> they slice, bring over the a giant block of tofu and just slice it off. I forgot about that restaurant. I haven't been oh there yet, but gosh. oh my wow. gosh! Wow.
2: Okay, well, good luck. I wish you well in your future endeavors. Well, you endeavor. get unlimited you. sides. You can get broccoli, <laughs> yeah.
0: unlimited yeah, broccoli. Bread, Here's the thing about being a vegetarian: you eat a lot more carbs than I thought you would. And it's like, see, a lot you're of gonna get fatter. Cheese. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> That's what I don't want to have. Eat but- more
1: of those lean proteins, like legumes, right? Legumes. <laughs> Yes. Like a
0: Yeah. Lima well, beans. I'm, I'm trying new things. I was never a veggie kind of guy, but yeah, wh- why not give it a shot? Listen. I feel
1: like he's just bored. Yeah. If you need something to do, I mean, we got some work that we can- I'm about to say, oh,
2: we got, got some available. stuff you can do, honey. Mm, I'm here. That's funny. Um, well, I guess Scott won't be eating any meat anytime soon, no. so- You can catch him diving into pots of spaghetti. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: They're delicious.
2: Uh, Scott, what is all of your social media?
0: My social media is just at Scott Tavlin on Twitter, Instagram- Facebook, just Scott Tavlin. Not Talvin. Not Talvin. Not
2: Scott Talvin. Talvin T-A-V,
0: as in Victor, L-I-N. And that's, you can find me there. Snapchat, I don't, we talked about that last time. Nobody really uses Snapchat anymore. I think it's Scottman33, if you really
2: want it. Scottman, that's where he puts his nudes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ryan, what's all of your social media? It's
3: Radio (laughs) McGib, M-C-G-I-B. I was thinking about it because I was looking the other day for producer Ryan and somebody has it and they haven't posted on it in <gasps> like a bitch. year. And I'm like, bro.
1: Come on. Just taking it. That's yeah. like Miguel. Didn't you have an actual Miguel Fuller? Yes. Oh, okay.
2: There's a MiguelFuller.com and some kid in Brazil has had my goddamn uh, domain name for fucking 10 years. So now it's MiguelFuller.me. <laughs> oh, have you tried sorry. to get it? Uh, have you
3: messaged them? Like,
2: I hey, did. Come like, on. This is like probably like eight years
3: ago. I tried
2: to. You need to be like, bro. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I don't
2: need, uh, wait, I don't know if this means it's available. Anyway, uh, oh, no, this page is under construction coming soon. I got to figure it out. Oh, Holly, okay. what's all of your social media?
1: Radio Holly on Instagram, Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook at Holly on Hot 1015.
2: My name is Miguel Fuller, M I G U E L F U L L E R. You can find me on every single thing with that name except MiguelFuller.com.
3: <laughs> so it's under construction? It, it is. is <laughs> For in eight a, years. <laughs> that's longer than Almerton <laughs> Road
2: construction.
1: Yes, or 19. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeez. All right, well, you can listen to Miguel and
2: Holly Uncensored at hot1015tampabay.com. Download the free Hot 1015 app, or if you get it on the iTunes podcast app, just type in Miguel and Holly Uncensored and make sure to rate and subscribe.
0: Want more Miguel and Holly? Listen to past episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored at
1: hot1015tampabay.com, the Hot 1015 app, or on iTunes.